arrived. We are broadcasting Raw Live from my ass. Boom, boom. I'd rather watch two old women slap my ass. <laughs> Woo. That's as tough as a chunk of my ass. Here comes the biggest ass. The big man is back. Jim Ross. 350 pounds. Say hello to my ass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest spectacle on earth. My ass. 30 men will enter. My ass. You know what I mean. The most important thing to a tag team is my ass. I totally agree with you, JR. Here you go, King. Kiss my ass. I wish you would jump on top of me, JR. It disgusts me to see my ass. My daughter's nursery rhymes are more aggressive than this. I can't help but look at the butt, JR. What? Welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It's Wednesday, December 16th, and with it being Wednesday, you know what that means. We're back for another episode reviewing AEW Dynamite. Uh, if you're new here, I'm Pat. And I'm Joey. Uh, well, you're not going to call yourself the current Deep Six champion. Well, I mean, listen, okay, it's been a rough year. Um, but yes, I am the the four-time Deep Six champion. And um, by the way, uh, if you're tuning in, uh, we have officially came up with a name for our Wednesday podcast. Uh, Pat and I it is called Pat and Joey's. Dynamic Dynamite Review. Yeah, so now we officially have names for ours and Ryan and Angelo's show uh, since Rob has uh, gone uh, MIA and is uh, missing in action for the podcast world. Uh, he should be making his return at the end of December, but uh, for now, it's just me and Joey, so that's mm-hmm. the name. Um, if you're, if again, if you're new, uh, feel free to subscribe to the podcast. Feel encouraged to subscribe to the podcast. Helps us out quite a bit. Uh, we're on a bunch of different platforms, ranging from Anchor, Spotify, T- yeah, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple, Google Play, Overcast, Breaker. You got options, so you know, subscribe wherever you're listening to. Leave a review if you're on Apple. We'd appreciate that greatly. Also, follow us on social media: Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. You can find the uh, the link to those in the episode description below. And uh, oh yeah, also just uh, keep your eyes out at the end of the month for uh, for December. We're gonna have our best of worst of year in review show whatever we're gonna call it don't really know but basically it's just gonna be a long show where all seven of us i know it's a lot of people all seven of us are gonna be going through wrestling in 2020 and giving our best of our worst of our favorite stuff our our least favorite stuff it's gonna be a nice way to look back at this uh crazy year that's been 2020 and to uh to talk about it all so that's coming up at the end of the month that should be fun and it's gonna be a long show so be sure to you know Sit back, relax, and uh, grab a drink for that one. It should be a fun time. I think yeah, that's. I agree. I think that's all I got to say. Um, again, if you're new here, we uh, Wednesdays are our Dynamite days. We have reviews for that. Tuesday we have Impact with Ryan and Angelo, and then New Japan whenever that's on. We also review that, and occasionally you'll get reviews for WWE or NXT if we're uh, if we're checking those shows out. I would assume the next yeah. one you'll get a review for for that would probably be the Rumble at the end of January, just because it's the Rumble. So right. But aside from that, let us talk about AEW Dynamite, since that's what this show is for. Let's do it. All right. Our, uh, this is another live episode of Dynamite. And so our first match on the show saw the Hardy Party, Matt Hardy and Private Party, or Pri- Matt Hardy and Private Party, sorry, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn taking on Adam Page, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver, or as Twitter and commentary dubbed them, the good, the bad, and the hungry. 
which uh, amazing. I can confirm as soon as they officially settled on commentary, I decided that was the uh, name for this uh, this review the, or this week's review. So, oh, perfect. This, that is what this uh, this is. So. Oh my god! And honestly, uh, their chemistry was insane. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of expected from seeing them interact on BT and Dynamite last week. Yeah, um, they the, the the three of them just have really good co- uh, comedic chemistry together, and even in ring chemistry, they they had really good chemistry here too. So yeah, and and you know what, um, you know if. If anyone's listening to this, um, like Tony Khan, or if you're listening to this from some off chance, just introduce the trio titles and just immediately put them on uh, Paige, uh, Reynolds, and Silver. Don't even have a number one contendership match or anything. Just just give it to them. Like, automatically. They're the first champs because they, they, they need it. Definitely. Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree. Um, uh, so yeah, so this was, uh, this is an interesting match because obviously Dark Order are still technically heels. Hangman Page is a face, Matt Hardy is a heel, and Private Party are face. So, interesting dynamics here. Um, Matt Hardy pretty, pretty clearly worked heel throughout this match whenever he got in. Um, and then, uh, Page worked babyface. Reynolds and Silver worked heel at the beginning, but as the match went on, they kind of worked as babyfaces. So yeah. it, was an, it was an interesting dynamic to see. It worked. Um, I, yeah. I thought the match was a solid opener. In, uh, uh, in kayfabe, it's a bit confusing um, if you're into that. But yeah, and also yeah. if you're like and new Hardy, to the product, yeah. Right? At the same time, Hardy's like kind of subtle with his heel work right now. Like it's not like fully out there that he's heel, right? Like commentary is not like addressing that he's heel. Or not, like, you know, well, obviously they're not going to say he's heel, but, like... Yeah, they've mainly just, just been saying that yeah. he has, like, a new attitude, but they haven't yeah, said that yeah. he's, like, a dastardly and, and person. Or especially like how he's still with uh, Private Party, who are absolutely faces. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, surprisingly, at least to me, uh, the Hardy Party picked up the win here. Um, the mm-hmm. uh, Private Party hit gin and juice on Alex Reynolds, and before Mark Quinn could go pin... Uh, Alex, Matt Hardy, uh, blind tagged him in from behind and yes. stole the pin. Stole the pin, yep. So this was oh. very clearly heel. And That's another heel new, antic yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you were if you were new to this, you would clearly see Matt Hardy is playing heel. Yeah. Um, and like he he like started he, as soon as he got the pin, he instantly started celebrating in the ring, and he like forced Private Party to join him. Yeah. And they just looked kind of upset and like confused by what was going on. Yeah. Even if you're new to wrestling, uh, that's not what you know. That's what not what faces do. So yeah. But so. <laughs> interesting to see them uh, give the win to the Hardy Party. Again, I wasn't really expecting it. I was kind of assuming yeah, me too, that actually. Uh, the good, the bad, and the hungry would take the win in their debut trios match. But, oh well. Uh, they got to get some more practice in. They'll be back. I would hope so. After this, we have a backstage interview from the Inner Circle. Uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF, has his new plaque for a couple weeks ago. He was awarded the best, one of the best performances of the year by the New York Times for his singing in uh, Le Dinner Debonair. And that's that actually is, real, right? That is a real thing that happened. That, that is the New York Times actually put like, out a thing. Um, that is, that is and cool he was on that, that list. There was like movie performances, like music performances. Mm-hmm. Um, Broadway stuff, and it was like MJF is on there. It's really, really cool to see. Honestly, I'm sure yeah. he was happy because like he was somebody who's like trained in musical theater, so yeah, that has to be a cool thing. Um, and then uh, Chris Jericho interrupts while MJF's kind of talking about this, and he tries to take credit for it. Um, and so still teasing some dissension there. Um, but this was basically just them 
again, teasing dissension and also just setting up the uh, the twelve man tag match that we had later in the night, which was originally supposed to be a fourteen man tag match, but Wardlow got pulled due to family issues. Hope everything's okay. Uh, and then obviously they had to lose another person for the other team, so Brandon Cutler got pulled. So rest in peace, Brandon Cutler. Right. Uh, after this, we had a, vign- a vignette from uh, Cody and Brandy at their house. Uh, they were decorating for Christmas, and then the doorbell rings. A random box on the uh, front door, uh, and they open it inside, and it reveals that they are going to have a child. Uh, so, congrats to Brandy and Cody on that. Yeah, for real. Uh, uh, it's I guess it's the year of just making babies. Yeah, and AEW is the place to go if you're going to announce your your uh, your pregnancy. Yeah, Moxley and Renee true. did it. So, uh, yeah. Ho- hopefully, next week we find out that uh, John Silver's pregnant. That would be amazing. They just thought he was hungry, but nope. <laughs> they thought he was having food. He had a food baby, but nope. He's actually pregnant. Exactly. Also, can I just uh, cut you off real quick? Um, no. I don't know if you saw our group chat, but uh, so I just want to explain to our you know our our people that watch this that our friend uh, James Duvac, uh, who doesn't watch wrestling, tuned in to AEW tonight and was actually enjoying it. Um, and his latest comment, Pat, he thinks. That Tony Schiavone looks like you. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Did, am, do I look like a like? A, I mean, I'm I'm on no, a, I'm on like the I bigger side, you, but I was gonna say I'm not no, like I'm not I don't a, think like a chubby like old man. Yeah, no, I don't I look don't like I'm like, look in like in my Tony 60s. Schiavone. <laughs> not even the age wise, but just just like the facial features. You don't look like Tony Schiavone at all. I think Schiavone it's literally because I'm white. I have a beard. I have like brownish hair. I guess and glasses. Yeah. Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird flex. I didn't even see that. Uh, yeah, I don't. So. I don't even. <laughs> I'm still so confused. I didn't, but yeah. It, it, our friend Duvac was uh, this was his first time watching AEW Dynamite. He's watched a couple of the pay per views with us before, but he uh, I, for, I don't know the reason, but apparently he just tuned into AEW tonight and he was texting us about it. So uh, his the biggest th- takeaway for us was that he uh, he likes Orange Cassidy. So yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, uh, what do we have after this? After this, we had Angelico versus Cody Rhodes. Uh, and Helico and Jack Evans came out dancing as per the usual. And basically, the entirety of this match was just Angelico trying to out submit Cody. Um, and this went through a commercial break. And when we came back, I was very confused by this finish, but Cody won with the Cody cutter, which is a move that this man never wins with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's in Helico, so it's not like he's like high on the pecking order, but it's still just bizarre to see somebody fall <laughs> to a move that's like not a finisher sometimes. Uh, yeah, it's really weird. So, yeah, it was weird, but you know, I mean, I, I guess it makes sense. I, I, it's a way to build this move up. Yeah, so, that's, that's true. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens with TH2 moving forward. Uh, after their loss to the Young Bucks. Uh, after this, we had Team Taz come out on the entrance ramp. We had the full group. We had Taz, Starks, Hobbs, uh, Cage, and Hook. Hook was also yeah. there. Still, uh, uh, you know, kind of hiding his appearance a bit, like his full, like, features and stuff. Being very, like, you know, it could just be his character, just being a little shady, I guess you can say. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, we also see uh, that Darby is up in the rafters once again, uh, echoing his sting thing, which, you know, mm-hmm. makes sense. Uh, 
Taz comes out and congratulates Cody on being a father and says uh, that uh, Brian Cage is coming after Darby and he's going to whip his ass. Uh, there was something about calling people daddy and Ricky Stark said to the effect of basically uh, <laughs> that Darby and Cody have to call um, Hobbs and Ricky their daddy. Daddies, I uh-huh. guess, plural. Yeah. Uh, so lots of daddy talk in this. This was a horny episode. Uh, especially because the acclaimed, the acclaimed uh, got in on this later with uh, the horniness. Uh, and uh, and so, yeah. And, and so once Ricky Stars got off the mic, Taz got on again and basically said that they were going to all come down to the ring and send Cody to paternity leave. And as they start walking, the lights go out. Sting's music hits. And Sting comes out with his baseball bat. And powerhouse Hobbs tries to go at Sting. But the rest of Team Taz holds him back. I thought that, you know, I'm not expecting us to get a Sting and Will Hobbs match. And we probably shouldn't. Maybe a tag match where they're together. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, singles match just doesn't really make sense. But I thought this was a good way to show that Hobbs isn't afraid of Sting. And he was willing to go after him. Despite, like, the rest of the team kind of being afraid of him. So I thought to yeah, that extent it made uh, made Hobbs look kind of badass. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. And so Team Taz runs off through the heel entrance, and uh, we get a, a nice little elongated stare down between um, Sting and Darby from the stage up to the rafters, and then the camera goes to a close up on Sting's face, and he winks at Cody and leaves, and we go to commercial break. So continuing to tease stuff between. Uh, Cody, Darby, Sting, and Team Taz, as well as uh, potential singles matches between Sting and Darby and Sting and Cody. So, uh, interesting to note. Yeah, absolutely. After this, we come back from commercial. Backstage interview with Alex Marvez, who was all over this fucking show. Ugh, dude, I know. Why? <laughs> and he's backstage with Miro. And once again, I thought this was the Miro that we need. Uh, Miro didn't... It wasn't just Miro playing video games backstage. It was Miro... Coming off as kind of a scary dude. Um, he did talk yeah. about how, you know, next week that they're going to finally reveal the wedding date. But aside from that, the rest of the promo I thought was like a really good job of putting him over as a threat. Yeah, I agree. Um, so eh, maybe maybe uh, Tony Khan saw the, you know, the criticism of I'm sure me and you weren't the only ones that felt the way. I, yeah, that no, way absolutely. About him, I, I, yeah, I know. Absolutely. We weren't. Um, so maybe he saw that, you know, criticism and just was like, you know, maybe I shouldn't just make it all about video games. Um, and it's, it's cool. It's okay. If that's going to be like his gimmick, um, if that's what he's going to be like centered around, that's fine, but still let, you know, Miro be Miro, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, we, we got the reveal here that, uh, because Miro attacked those three security workers, last week mm-hmm. he is going to be fined seventy five thousand dollars twenty five thousand dollars for each holy shit obviously this uh, is not a real fine but oh my yeah. god could you imagine wasn't that more expensive than the young bucks uh i believe fine? so yeah it was like fi- it was fifty thousand for them or was it ten I think it was like ten each. Or yeah, something. I think it was ten each, five thousand for each. So Miro to pay twenty five thousand dollars for each Just of these one people. time. Yeah, <laughs> that is insane. Talk about goddamn like favoritism. They love the young for bucks. Real? They give them easy payments. Miro has right? paid seventy five thousand dollars. That's insane. And he just signed with the company too. So yeah, like... honestly, it's crazy. <laughs> it's probably like his, his, his fucking starting bonus I... taken away from him. Yeah. 
Uh, Miro talks about how him and Kip have problems with Orange Cassidy, so it does seem like we're heading towards an Orange Cassidy and Miro match, which I wouldn't be shocked if they do on one of the New Year's uh, Smash shows. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd be very, I'm very curious to see how that match works because uh, because I feel like have we really seen Orange Cassidy against like a bigger guy? Uh, Brody's match. He had he had the match with Brody. Oh, true, true. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, and it, and that was a good match. So like, yeah, he, he could work with that. But yeah, it would be really very like interesting match. You know, seeing that. Agreed. Um, and he officially said that uh, he'll also be wrestling on Dark next week. Miro versus Sunny Kiss is happening on Dark next Tuesday. Also interesting. And then next Wednesday on the uh, the Holiday Bash episode of AEW, which is going to be at 10 p.m. or immediately following the Celtics Bucks game. Uh, on Wednesday, that they are going to announce a wedding date for Kip and Penelope. So, mm-hmm. Mira's going to have a busy couple of weeks. Yeah. Hey, remember remember the days uh, with Dark when like Kenny Omega was on it and like yeah, all the <laughs> all the like main eventers and stuff. It's so weird to see to see uh, how much it's changed. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, sometimes big names pop up on there. The Young Bucks were on there oh, a couple yeah. months ago. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. After this, Eddie Kingston comes out to the ring and he uh, he says he has to talk to he has to address his enemies, uh, and so he uh, he claims that God is his number one enemy or one of his enemies. Uh, says he's still he says he's still alive. So, I guess Eddie Kingston's following the paths of uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon and will be challenging God to a wrestling match. Uh, then he talks about Pac, who he says is back home in the uh, in the UK nursing his injuries, and he's not coming back. His career is done. And then he said, what about that big, goofy bastard, Lance Archer? And as soon as he said that, Lance's music hits. Lance comes down to the ring. They start brawling. The Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny come out. They get involved. The Lucha Brothers come out. They try to even the odds. And eventually, Pac makes another return. Pac's back on TV after a couple of weeks of being off after he got dropped with a couple DDTs on a set of chairs. And so officially the Lucha brothers, uh, Pac and Lance Archer run off Eddie Kingston and the butcher and the blade, but then Lance Archer and uh, Pac get into it in the ring and have a little bickering and they stare each other down. So it looks like we could be setting up a Pac and Lance Archer match, which I would be pretty interested in because the height difference is there as well as the difference in styles. Um, and that was that. So, yeah, definitely agree. Uh, we got an interview with Dustin Rhodes backstage where he addressed uh, the evil Uno suggesting that he joins the Dark Order as seven. Uh, and he says it was a terrible idea all those years ago in WCW. And it was a terrible idea last week. Uh, <laughs> next week, Uno, I'm going to beat your ass. And so officially, Dustin versus evil Uno is made for next week's episode of Dynamite. I'm excited for that because I like Dustin. I like evil Uno and it should be a good match. I agree. All right, then we have our big, what is this, a 12-man tag match, not 14. Uh, so it's the Best Friends, Top Flight, and the Varsity Blondes uh, versus the Inner Circle minus Wardlow. There was a lot that went on in this match. There, there'd really be too much to, to yeah. Too I mean, that was over. that was. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I got really? a little, I got a little bit distracted in this match because. I, I saw a video pop up uh, on on YouTube, and it was a it was a fourteen minute video uh-huh. uh, discussing. Oh shit! What was the guy's name? Uh, give me a second while I try to figure this out real quick. Uh, I apologize. I'm just going to keep talking until I see what uh, what I'm looking for. Uh, do 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 do. Why can't I find this? This is actually kind of upsetting because I thought I was going to have this still. Uh, do 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 do. 
Um, <laughs> Shouldn't it just be in your recently watched? Yeah, I'm trying to scroll. Uh, it was something about um, for anybody who's seen uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, the movie. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Um, the, the kid who plays rally in it, I'm trying to figure out his name. Um, but the kid who plays rally, it was, it was like a 14 minute video. Um, and it was talking about how the kid who played rally was snubbed of, uh, of an Oscar, uh, which, if anybody's seen Diary of the Wimpy Kid, it's, it's oh. not really an Oscar-worthy movie. It was, it was yeah. like a satirical video. It was meant to be just stupid, but I kind of got sucked oh, in and watched, I watched like the entirety uh, of it. <laughs> uh, Ronald Jefferson. Raleigh Jefferson. No, no, I didn't need Raleigh's name. I needed the actor who played him. Yeah. You're saying his name is what? Uh, oh, that's his. That's, his, uh, that's the character's thing. name is Ralph. Oh, his, his actor. Did you know that two actors played him? Yeah, well, because they did the they did the reboot of Diary well, of Kids last year. For? I need the original one. Oh, uh, 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 Robert Capron. Yeah, there we go. That's his name, Capron. Yeah, Robert Crap. Yeah. Uh, Ca- yeah, whatever. Ra- Robert Capron. Capron. Yeah. Uh, that boy deserved an Oscar, and that was basically what I was doing uh, during this match was watching that. Um, what I did, the big thing, why me, don't question it. <laughs> okay. Um, one thing that I did really like about this match that I did pay attention to was something that you don't really see in like WWE or anything where, uh, commentary noted that the, uh, that, um, proud and powerful Santana and Ortiz and best friends haven't been around each other since the, um, street fight, mm-hmm. which I don't even remember how long ago that was, but that was like months ago. Yeah, dude, it was quite a while ago. I think it was like, like August. Yeah, it was um, back in the summer for sure. Yeah, and so they haven't seen each other or been on TV and interacted since then. And then we had this big moment where they got in the ring and had a big stare down, and they just unleashed on each other because they like they mentioned that like their business isn't officially done. Like, there's right. always going to be that anima- animosity between the two of them. And commentary put over, like even Jim Ross said, it was still one of the best street fights he's ever seen, um, which great because it was. It was a fantastic match. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like that spot. It really gave weight to that rivalry. Um, so big fan of that. Anyway, uh, the Inner Circle won after there was some bat involvement and uh, Jake Haver gave a really shitty version of Wardlow's F10 <laughs> To uh, oh, like yeah, that was, that yeah, was disgusting. That was, yeah, he, I don't know what the fuck that was. And then MJF you know, got it. It seemed like he was struggling. It like, really did. I, know, I, I guess he's just why, not used to but... doing the move. <laughs> but I guess, yeah. MJF got the tag, came in, and pinned Griff Garrison for the win. So, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a poor uh, imitation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wardlow should be very mad. Jake Hager has nothing on Wardlow. <laughs> we need him back. Wardlow's the goat. Um, facts. Another interview backstage, we have Thunder Rosa uh, cutting a promo. Mm, very um, good promo. Yep, it's nice. To, I didn't realize how charismatic she was, but really good on the mic. Um, she she basically addresses Britt Baker and their whole rivalry that's been brewing. Um, mm-hmm. And she says that she's been wrestling all over the world, but Baker had to stick her big nose into her match against Serena Deeb. And uh, and why, why is Britt questioning why Thunder Rosa is trying to beat her ass? Mm-hmm. Then Rebel or Reba, whatever you want to call her, rolls on in and starts talking to her, saying, you you shut your mouth. And then Britt blindsides her from the back and gets a bunch of water and just rubs it in all over her face to, like, rub the, the white face paint in and just messes it all up. 
And uh, and then yeah, she looks in, looks in the camera and says, "Is this thing still on, or did her ugly face break it?" Damn. So yeah, I'm excited. I mean, Boom, roast it. I'm excited for the match between Rosa and Britt Baker. I love both of them. I think that they're two of the highlights of AEW's women's division, even if Thunder Rosa is technically not part of AEW. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm expecting their match to be pretty good. So uh, yeah. Oh yeah, Thunder Rosa and Britt Britt, uh, Britt, Britt Baker rule definitely. I really like what's going on here with the you know the promos and everything. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Yeah, um, this is another thing that I can kind of see playing out on one of the New Year's shows. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, they're going like to have to load it up. They're going to have to load up, because those shows are what? They're two nights, right? Yeah, it's the 30th yeah. of December and the 6th of January. So they're going to have to load up those shows. So I can definitely see it in one of the nights. Yes. Um, so yeah, that was, that was our women's uh, promo of the night. Uh, and if they wanted to make a statement... They would have them. They would build it up if they wanted. To, I mean, I'm not gonna say they're gonna do this, but if they wanted to make a statement and, and they really wanted to build up this feud, they would have it main event on those nights. Yeah, depending on what else we're doing, because we already know that. Yeah. we already know the main event for the December thirtieth one. We got that at the end of this show, right? Of course. Um, so it all depends on what that second week is. Mm-hmm. Um, after this, we have SCU versus the acclaimed Caster and Bowens. Uh, the acclaimed have official entrance music now, um, with Caster rapping on it, and then it kind of goes into just instrumental, so he can freestyle. And we get Max Caster freestyling here, uh, which you know, entertaining enough. And then, then we get Kazarian grabbing the mic, <laughs> telling him that he's not shit, and Frankie Kazarian goes on to freestyle against oh the acclaimed. God, this was unbelievable, phenomenal. This, this is, was good. This stuff. was great. I'm not gonna lie. This Kazarian, was good stuff. This was, hilarious. This was super goofy, but it was great. Yeah, some people are gonna probably hate this and think it's dumb, but I thought this was hilarious. It was like, yeah, it was. It was like the biggest like dad rap. You know what I mean? It's Absolutely. Like, it's, like, it's like if it's like if your dad, like someone's dad, was freestyling. It's it, it's it's really funny. Yeah. Um, the match itself, uh, honestly, nothing's too special to write home about, uh, but it was fine. And this was all about setting up the big thing after the match with the acclaimed to winning. Uh, they pinned Christopher Day, which I would say is big, you know, absolutely. Um, going into this, they got a win over the four, uh, the first ever, uh, AEW tag champions. So that is true. That is true. Uh, going into this match, they were seven and one, uh, being on a seven match win streak on dark. And so now they are eight and one. And like Joey said, they pin the first ever AEW tag champs and post-match they uh, get on the mic again and call out the young bucks. They rhyme the bucks with cuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they wanted to say fuck. And he but, wanted to say fuck, but. Uh, uh, unlike us on TNT, they can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then Bowens grabbed the mic and started uh, shouting about how if the young bucks have big enough balls, they'll put the titles on the line next week. Mm-hmm. That um, should be great. Again. I'm sure some people are upset and, and triggered by Castor and Bowen's talking about cucks and stuff, but uh, well, at least they're not. Do- they can talk about it. Yeah, at least they're not doing they're cuckold not doing it. It's it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's one thing to talk about it than you know actually doing it. Exactly. Which, unfortunately, uh, WWE did twice this year. Was it this year? Last year. Last year. Twice last year. Technically, yeah. yeah. What a time to be alive. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh, indeed. Backstage, we have Top Flight. Um, 
and basically they uh, they just uh, they put out a challenge to Jericho and MJF, and uh, yeah, so it's it's cool for them that they were kind of not with this company a couple weeks or months ago, and now they're getting to wrestle MJF and fucking Chris Jericho. Yeah, well at least it's not Jericho and Hager. Oh God, thank the goddamn Lord! I was so I worried. I, that's what I don't this think. Was be. Yeah, I don't think I wanted to see a Hager and Jericho beating top, top flight. Absolutely not. MJF being there. That's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, after this, we had our women's tag match, which was Diamante and Ivelisse, the uh, winners of the AEW Women's Tag Team Cup, which I completely forgot was even a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so props to AEW for making me completely forget about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, taking on Serena Deeb, the NWA Women's World Champion, and Big Swole. A solid, solid women's match. I enjoyed this. I thought Diamante and Ivelisse looked really good. They haven't been on Dynamite in a while, I feel, but um, they're really solid in the ring, so hopefully we'd see more of them. Serena Deeb has been killing it in pretty much every single performance she has on AEW, and Big Swole's always pretty great, too. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. There was no complaints here with that. It was a good showing for the division. Um, you know, it seems like things are looking up for them uh, a little bit. Um, I, th- I feel like small steps at a time, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't really know what the direction or what, I, don't, I still don't really understand what exactly the point of this match was besides following up from last week's angle with Jade, but Jade wasn't even at ringside for this or anything. Yeah. So. Well, they did point out that they, they like, uh, uh, was, uh, Diamante and, uh, Ilyse, like joined Jade's side or whatever. Yeah, but then I was like, I was assuming yeah. that Jade would be out here. Oh, uh, yeah, sense, I don't But know. then she wasn't, so yeah. I don't know what that was about. Um, but Big Swole and Serena Deep won. Um, so, yeah, and then right after the match, Nyla and Vicky came out and started beating them down. Uh, and then Red Velvet came out with a chair. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I wonder what's going to happen now with the Jade thing, because Brandy can't wrestle anymore now. Yeah, I don't know. That definitely, that definitely put, like, a, a wrench in their plans, probably. Yeah, so definitely. I'm interested to see what they're. Maybe they'll just put Red Velvet in there since she's been like aligned with Brandy. Oh, that is true. Yeah, um, that's the only thing I can see. I don't know mm-hmm. who else they would put in there. So yeah, I guess we'll find out. Um, and then we have uh, we had a best friends promo, which, like I said before, was them talking about how things are never going to be really over between them and Proud and Powerful, but they have more important things to deal with. Uh, specifically Kip Sabian and Miro, and they're very oh. excited for next week, and they're going to be there for the wedding date announcement. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, indeed. Uh, this feud will never end. Never, ever. I, hopefully ever. soon, but I don't know. I just want an actual tag match between the best friends and Miro and Kip, and then we can be done with this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, so... Do you what do you expect from this wedding announcement? Do you think it's going to be like a big segment, or do you think it's just going to be a backstage thing, or are you a swerve, or what do you what do you think we're getting? I don't know. I think we're going to get like a little like mini segment, probably. Uh, we're going to be backstage. I don't. I don't know. Honestly, I don't really care. Uh, this is. I wouldn't say that I'm like excited to, for the this like <laughs> little like angle with his wedding. Like I. You know, I couldn't. They've been dragging this on for so long. Like I remember when Miro debuted, and we got the whole thing that it was like setting up the best man. Yeah, like, and that was fine because it introduced Miro, which, which, which was you know completely okay. But like the whole wedding thing, I just really don't care. You know, like 
I feel like, you know, that's like on par with like shit WWE does. Oh, no, you're definitely not wrong. And uh, I just don't want AEW to like go down that direction Same. when it comes to pro wrestling. So, I mean, you know, less of the whole like wedding segments or like the, you know, super goofy shit. You know what I mean? Where it's just like too much. But yeah, so I guess, you know, if it's like something small, whatever. You know, as long as there's, like, a wedding announcement and then, like, you know, they just never air the wedding, that would be fine. Like, if it's not, like, a segment on Dynamite, like, they could just have their wedding, like, off screen. That'd be cool. Really? Like, normal people. But, <laughs> but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I don't I don't know what I'm expecting. I feel like my biggest complaint about this isn't that they're doing a wedding thing. It's that, like, Penelope Ford, who is the one getting married, has, like, had no promo time. I don't know the last time she's wrestled. She's just there, like, in the background. She's kind of in the background, yeah, where she'll just, like, nod, like, have an expression, or she'll say, like, you know, less than two words or something like that. Yeah, which is kind of disappointing, because Penelope's pretty great on the mic. Um, Yeah. So, that's definitely been a missed opportunity with this, and... Mm -hmm. I really don't know. At this point, I don't really care. I just want it to be over with so Miro can move on and do other things. Yeah, hopefully better things or something. Yeah, definitely. Maybe this is just like, I don't know. Maybe, you know, AEW is just trying to test waters. Um, But, you know, AEW has proven, like, you know, when they've done stuff that didn't work, they changed it. Like, uh, like the nightmare, what was it? Nightmare Collective, right? Yeah, with with Luther, Mel, and uh, Brandy. Exactly. You know, they got, they scrapped that. So, yeah, I guess it's good to be hopeful, you know? Yeah, I guess. And just just remember, at least we're not getting, uh, you know, months worth of uh, cuck angles. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, uh, the reveal is going to be that Miro has been cheating on, or sorry, that Penelope has been cheating on Kip this whole time with Miro. Oh, my God. (laughs) Dude, he's never escaping cuck angles. Oh, yeah. After this, we had a uh, hype package for Jurassic Express, and afterwards, FTR came out to the commentary desk and basically said, do people even care about the tag division anymore, and why'd they highlight a sideshow act like Jurassic Express when the heart and soul of the AEW tag division are right here, Uh, and then uh, they stormed off, and Tully said, fear the revelation, and so they're continuing to build up to Jurassic Express and FTR. I would assume that's also probably going to happen on one of the New Year's Smash shows. Yeah. Um, because we know Jurassic Express is uh, having a match next week on the the Christmas show. So, yeah. Um, and speaking of the Christmas show, let's go over the card real quick since uh, they did announce basically all of it. Um, so next week we are getting uh, the wedding announcement from Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. We're getting Dustin Rhodes versus Evil Uno, Top Flight versus Chris Jericho and MJF, The Young Bucks versus The Acclaimed for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Uh, Jurassic Express, uh, all three of them, versus Colt Cabana, Five, and Ten of the Dark Order. Uh, Hikaru Shida will be in action, and Pac versus The Butcher. So that is the card for next week's holiday special, which is, um, again, starting at 10 p.m. Uh, or directly after the Celtics and the Bucks games on uh, TNT. So, And that sets up our string of three weeks in a row of having these TV specials for Dynamite with uh, holidays, or sorry, with New Year's Smash. I don't know why they named these things so similar with Holiday Bash and then New Year's Smash. Um, but New Year's Smash uh, is on December 30th yeah. and then January 6th. So, uh, yes, that is that is that. 
Our main event was uh, Joey Janela versus Kenny Omega in the No DQ AEW World Championship Eliminator match. The explanation given for this was that uh, originally in the Eliminator tournament, Omega was supposed to face uh, Joey Janela in round one. But Janela had tested positive or came in contact with somebody who tested positive for COVID. So he was pulled last minute and Sonny Kiss right. replaced him. And so Janela never got to wrestle for the opportunity. So they set this match up. And uh, if Janela were to beat Omega, he was going to get a title shot. Whew, all right. That was a lot of words. <laughs> uh, and so uh, we got this match and it was made a no DQ uh, as soon as Omega comes down to the ring, uh, Janela just grabs a garbage can and just pegs it at his head. Uh, Don Callis heads over to commentary with a live mic and tries to push Tony Schiavone off of commentary so he can do it. And Tony Schiavone says, absolutely not. And so for the rest of the match, we have Don Callis providing commentary with a live mic at ringside. Uh, very similar to Leo Rush when he was with Bobby Lashley, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and so he was just being very obnoxious and he kept yelling, by God, uh, which was <laughs> great. Um, eventually, uh, down at ringside, Omega has a bunch of cookie sheets and starts slamming mm-hmm. them against the back of Janela. And Don gives him a mic. And so then we have a two-person commentary team with Don Callis and Kenny Omega while he's wrestling doing commentary. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty unique. Uh, he put like the mic right next to Joey Janela's like back and then hit him with the cookie sheet. So it just sounded really loud. Uh, that was cool. Um, eventually we had uh, Omega go up to the top rope with a trash can to do his big moonsault. That looked good. Uh, then he had Janela just like laying on his back, put the trash can on him. And did a uh, basically a coup de grace right onto the trash can. That looked brutal. That did not look fun to take. <laughs> um, and then Omega went for one winged angel. Joey Janela reversed it into a poison rana. And uh, Sunny Kiss got a table from under the ring, set it up, and they put Joey Jan- or they put Kenny Omega on it. And uh, Janela went up to the top rope to hit a diving leg drop through the table. And yeah, goes back inside. Uh, Janela went for a moonsault, misses. Omega gets the V trigger, a second V trigger, and then it's the one winged angel pins Joey Janela clean as a whistle. Don Callis gets back in the ring, gets on the mic, and says that there's no more unanswered questions for the world champion Kenny Omega and Death Triangle. Pac and the Lucha Brothers make their entrance. I assume that this was setting up a rematch between Pac and Omega, but no. Uh, he Pac says he's not a selfish person, or at least not right now, and says that this man, pointing to Ray Phoenix, was supposed to face Omega in the Eliminator Tournament, but he never did because he got pulled. Obviously, Phoenix got injured. And, uh, and he says, in layman's terms, uh, how exactly is Omega the rightful champion? And so, yeah. We got the big setup here for Phoenix and or sorry, Phoenix and Omega next week um, or not next week, the December 30th episode, which is New Year's smash of Dynamite, uh, which I'm assuming the main event officially does get made. Pac says that he just spoke to Tony Khan on December 30th. It'll be Omega defending the AW World Championship against Ray Phoenix. Yeah, that should be sick. I mean, I mean, I'm glad that they're revisiting this. Um, so good on AW for that. You know, they made like you know, unfortunately, uh, things happen. Uh, so it's good they're going back to it. And this, sh- honestly, uh, they should tear it down. Yeah, I would assume so. 
Um, they have good chemistry from the past. They've wrestled before. I know Ryan mentioned they had a match in AAA last year that he considered one of his favorite matches of the year. Right. Um, so, yeah, if given enough time in the main event, I would assume that they should tear it down. Um, Phoenix and Penta had their two matches that were great, and Pentagon and um, Omega uh, had a really good match in the semifinals of the Eliminator Tournament. So I have pretty right. high hopes for this. I agree. Uh, and that was Dynamite. That was that was our show. So, uh, yeah, I would give it a thumbs up. Dynamite doesn't really disappoint. Um, the only thing, I mean, I didn't really care about the the 12-man tag match as I said. Because yeah. I kind of, I, maybe I would have cared about it more if I wasn't too busy watching a 14-minute video on how Rowley from Diary of a Wimpy Kid was snubbed I mean, by the Oscars. It, it was what a, you know. Seven on no no seven on seven right it's, six on six six on six. six on six yeah it's a, it's what a six on six would you know would consist of you know usually and it's kind of just like a lot to really pay attention to um, and you know study all the spots but uh, yeah I agree I'll give it a thumbs up too um, I think it was you know not their strongest show from no. you know the past few weeks. Um, but it was still good and still set some things up. And yeah, I mean, I think that's what the main point of the show was, was setting stuff up for the next three weeks. Yeah. Um, and it really showcased a lot of the younger talent. Agreed. It, it did. It, it, you had vars- was... varsity blondes. You had uh, top flight. Top flight. You had big swole. The acclaimed. Um, the acclaimed. Mm-hmm. Um, Jurassic Express had that video package. Yep. So I mean I mean what's his face? Um Lucius Horus isn't a young guy, but uh Marco yeah. in Jungle Boy. So yeah, I agree. It definitely did its job in getting over like young talent on the show. Um that is mm-hmm. a good point. So yeah, I think that's it. Pretty short review tonight, not going too in depth. There wasn't really anything huge to discuss. There wasn't a big reveal or anything. Um it's not like Impact last night with uh Omega and the Good Brothers. So uh yeah. I think that's going to do it. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you enjoyed the review. Uh, well, again, we'll be back every Wednesday as per the usual. Tuesday, you get our Impact reviews, New Japan, whenever that's on. Uh, we'll be doing predictions for Wrestle Kingdom as well as reviews for both nights of Wrestle Kingdom and for New Year's Dash the day after. And we'll also, again, have reviews for all three of these upcoming TV specials for AEW. So plenty of content to uh, please your ears with. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, Joe, you're the champion. Do you want to say goodbye for us? You can sign us off. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for listening. And uh, make sure you tune in for our next one, which will be Tuesday for Ryan and Angelo. And then again on Wednesday with Pat and I. And then, uh, so, yeah. and then the following... I think it's it's yeah next next so not this coming weekend but next weekend next is going to be right? yeah is, yes yeah. is when we are 26th. looking to do our big the twenty sixth is when we're going to be day doing. after Christmas yeah uh, it'll either be out on the twenty sixth or the twenty seventh don't uh, don't know officially but the twenty sixth twenty seventh that weekend you can look forward to our big year end show so yes uh, that'll be coming out anyway thank you for listening we appreciate it and we'll talk to you guys next time bye.